So we talked about the life of Jesus. We talked about the death of Jesus, which was our Good Friday sermon. The resurrection was our Easter. But before we get to the return, we have to talk about the ascension. The ascension doesn't get a lot of press. It doesn't get a lot talked about. It's usually at the end of another sermon, but, but it just doesn't get the attention that I think it deserves. And rightfully so. I mean, I mean you, don't, you, don't, you don't have Ascension Day where you get a tree and you throw it in your living room and, and you get up early for presents. You're not going to call grandma and say, let's go have brunch on Ascension Day. It, it, just, it just doesn't get a lot of attention. But just because it doesn't get a lot of press, it doesn't mean that it doesn't carry a lot of significance. Simply put, the Ascension of Jesus is the transition from earth to heaven after his earthly ministry, his death, and his resurrection. And honest moment here, this, you know, when, when I was meeting with Taylor and we were going over this series and he said, hey, you know, we're going to talk about the life of Jesus and the death of Jesus and the resurrection and the ascension and, and the return. And I thought, you know, great, he's going to let me choose which one I want to do, which does not happen. And it didn't either this time. And so he's like, okay. And so I'm like, well, which one? And he goes, well, I want you to do the ascension. And I'm like, great, sure, that's gonna be awesome. But in my mind, I'm like, okay. You know, because the other ones, they, they, they're, they're more, it seems like they're more impactful, they're more exciting, they're more widely known, they're talked about. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm getting a little bit ripped off. <laughs> that's how I feel about then, but that's not how I feel today. After studying and meditating on it and, and, and growing in my knowledge of this, everything that I'm going to share with you today, I had the head knowledge, but, but God did the work, and now it's, it's here in the heart, and, and, and I love when that happens, that it's not a disappointment to, to share the ascension. It's an integral part of the gospel, because Jesus humbly comes to this earth, descended into this sin-ruined planet, He lives, he does ministry, and then he goes through hell for you and for me. And now he gets to go back to paradise. He gets to go home. And Luke says that the ascension happened right before their very eyes. So something very real, something very tangible is happening. And he wanted to share that with you. The ascension of Jesus is leaving earth, going to heaven, and now he is seated at the right hand of of the Father. That's the what. But why? Why is it that, that, that we know that we're blessed by the arrival of Jesus? We know that we're blessed by the way that he lived his life. We know we're blessed by his death. But why are we so blessed by the ascension? And that's what I want to unpack here this morning. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. And Lord, we just ask, God, will you... Will you make the ascension more real to us today than it ever has been? Father, will you show us what you want us to see and will you let us hear what it is that you want us to hear? And God, just help us get just more in awe of the goodness of who you are today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Goodbyes are difficult, aren't they? They are especially if you know that the person who's leaving isn't going to come back for a while. 
you feel their absence. And I'm not talking about like a death or, or, or something like that. I'm talking about if someone that's been in your life for so long and they look to you and they say, I'm going away. It's hard. And, and, and in my life, not too long ago, this pain happened. And so normally I'm just, I kind of wanted to articulate how I felt, but I feel like I should just read it word for word because if not, I'll probably get too emotional and we don't want that this morning. But it hurts when you get used to someone being around and now they're not. It takes getting used to. And it's hard for you to remember your life without them. It's like they've always been there. And then, they'll t- then they tell you that they're leaving. And not just down the road, but to another state. And I still can't believe it sometimes when I think about it. I ask if it's the right thing. And I have to ask why. Why did you have to go? And why did you have to go to the Denver Broncos? You guys thought I was talking about Nicole, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know. Brandy got so mad at me the first service. Because she, she's like, because our daughter, she left for Florida six months ago. And, and so I'm saying all this all serious. And she's like, after the service, I don't know if I should hug you or punch you. Because she's like crying, right? And then I go, Russell Wilson. <laughs> it was awesome, yeah. But that being said, it is, is this the service that is streamed. So Nicole is watching it. I love you, kid. We'll see you soon. I miss you. But goodbyes are hard. And in Acts 1, Jesus is saying goodbye to his disciples. And imagine how they're feeling. Three and a half years, they've been in the, with Jesus, and, and he's been an intimate part of their life. And through the good times and the difficult times, he changed their lives, and they're never going to be the same again. They saw him heal lepers that have no chance, one touch, healed. They, they see him witness to, to and deal with prostitutes and dishonest tax, tax collectors and people who are demon-possessed, and, and they're set free. They watched as he died on the cross, and they wonder with fear, like, what does tomorrow mean for us? They're filled with anxiety, fear of the future, and then what happens is three days later, they're, they're reconnected with him. He's alive. It's a roller coaster of emotions for them. After seeing on the cross, they're back with Jesus for 40 days. And now, on the 40th day, he has them around and he looks at them and says, I'm leaving. I'm going home. So we'll pick it up in Acts 1. It says this. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom of, to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This ascension isn't mainly just about Jesus leaving, but where is he going 
and why. Because this is far from the end of Jesus's ministry. Just because he leaves earth and ascends into heaven doesn't mean his ministry is over. It's actually the beginning of a new one. And Jesus wasn't done by ascending. He simply added to his job description. And, and my guess, he's probably busier today than he ever been because you and I, we need a lot of help. But now Jesus said something else that was just amazing. When it, when it comes to the ascension, he said something amazing. And in John, it says this. Jesus said, it is good for you that I'm going away. He's saying it's to their benefit. It's to our benefit that he's leaving. And that's what I wanna focus on. So why would he say that? Can you imagine what it'd be like to physically be with Jesus, to see him perform those miracles and, and, and to see him preaching and teaching and to see him raise Lazarus from the dead? And it's better that he leaves. So we're gonna go over four reasons why that is. And we're gonna go pretty quick and, and we could unpack a lot of this. And there's more than four, but we just wanted to give you four this morning. First advantage, Jesus is now enthroned. He is now enthroned. As hard as it was for the disciples for Jesus to leave, the ascension should be sweet for anybody who calls Jesus Lord and Savior of their life. Because it's Jesus returning home. Back to the Father, back to paradise. And, you, and some of you may question, like, well, back. I mean, wasn't he born as a baby here on earth? John 1, 2 says, he was in the beginning with God. Which means he's not created. Jesus was not created. He's eternal. He's infinite. And he's without beginning. He's without end. And he's always been in companionship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was with God. But chose to come here. The ascension then is Jesus simply returning home, but not just returning home, but he's now being enthroned. Scripture repeatedly speaks of Jesus being at the right hand of the Father. He's being seated at the right hand of the Father. The right hand of the Father, that's not some ordinary seat, that's the seat. That is the highest honor in heaven. In Acts 2.34, it says, sit at my right hand and until I make your enemies your footstool. What's he saying? Sit here and be king. Sit here and rule everything. Sit here and be the name that is above every name. His sacrifice accepted. His humiliation that he endured is done. The sorrow that he felt all gone. Because the truth is, the cross of Jesus, it was a real cross for him. Now we talk about as Christians carrying our cross, which usually means we're gonna be inconvenienced a little bit. For Jesus, it was literal. When he said he had to suffer, he suffered. When he said that his soul was gonna be troubled, it was really troubled, but he's not troubled anymore. Right now, he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's wearing a crown. You think the seat in the Oval Office has authority. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. No greater name, no higher position, which means that he is the, he is the, the authority over our life. And so we can look at things that's going out in the world, have a whole different perspective when we know who really authority is. 
So the ascension is not simply Jesus going home, it's him being enthroned, and that is worthy of celebration and praise this morning. Secondly, Jesus is now your personal intercessor. How good is that? Hebrews 7.25, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Because Jesus ascended, he is now your personal intercessor. You guys have this person that you go to when you need prayer. I mean, it might do, depend on the degree of prayer, but, but you have that one, one person where it's like, you know, when the chips are down, when, when I need some extra help and I know that this person is gonna pray, this person's spirit, whatever, that like with the big stuff, I'm going to this person. And it might be, like I said, it might be degrees where if it's just, you know, something normal, you might talk to a friend. If something a little bigger, you might go to your small group leader. Something bigger than that, you might go to an elder or a pastor. And, and if it's really big, you might just skip new song altogether and see if you have Grant in your phone or something like that, you know, because you wanna get someone in authority He's a pastor at CTK, by the way. Um, have that person in your mind. Who is it that you go to? Who is it that you go to when you know you can count on to pray for you? Jesus is better than that. Jesus is better than that. And, and you got let this, these words sink a little bit. Jesus is praying for you. Do you understand that? Like, like, the guy that you read about in the scripture, the guy that you came here to worship, the one that was born a virgin, the one that, that walked on water, the one that bled in the garden, the one that was dying on a cross, the one who rose again, the one who ascended, that guy prays for you. That means we can experience God's love, we can experience God's presence, and we can find mercy and grace and help and every kind of need, every temptation, every weakness, every sin, every trial. We have Jesus. He's our great defender. He's always defending us. He's pleading our case to the Father. And why that is such a big deal? Because at the same time Jesus is interceding for us, we have Satan accusing us. We have Satan pointing out your sins. We have Satan pointing out your weaknesses. We have Satan trying to remind you of your failures. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, because he rose again, because he's ascended, and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, Satan's accusations have a three-word response paid in full. Done. We can always find the help that we need and we can confidently approach God knowing that our prayers are not only welcome, but they're desired. And that's the thing. God, Jesus is not only praying for you, he sees you. He notices you. He's there. Do you ever wonder sometimes, and it doesn't matter if you have a lot of friends or no friends or married and family, you don't have, do you ever wonder sometimes that you feel like you're just alone? That nobody understands what you're going through. No one sees the pain that you feel, that you can't articulate it, or no matter how you try to explain it, they just don't understand. And you feel like sometimes you're on an island. Maybe you came in here today and you're in a, a down moment and you wonder if anybody sees you, if anybody cares for you, if, if anyone even gives you a second thought. Does anyone have your back? Well, because of the ascension, you could say you have that person and his name is Jesus Christ. He's the lover of your soul. We all have that. 
Number three, Jesus. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Without the ascension, there would be no gift of the Holy Spirit. Without the ascension, the church would have to have Jesus locally in one place. But because he ascended and because he sent down his spirit, we can have Jesus wherever two or three are gathered. Which that means because he ascended, because he sent the helper, the spirit of God is in this place today right now. John 16, seven says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Here it is. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus right there saying, it's better that I go. It's to your advantage. You are gonna be better off if I'm not here. And it's hard for, you, for us to understand that because we, again, we understand the advantages of his birth and his life and his death. And, and now he's, he's, we see what we read about all the stuff that he did while he was here and we're saying we're better off. Why? How? Because the truth is, while the disciples were blessed to have Jesus with him, we have the spirit of God in us. That means there are times when the disciples aren't around Jesus, even though they were right there with him a lot of the time. There were times when they were separated. We have no separation. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the spirit God generously gives to fill us, to give us power, to live in us, and our follow, and, and, and it gives through the, for our followers, his followers. We all have the Holy Spirit, and it could only happen after the ascension, after he leaves the earth. So we're going to Jesus allowed for the coming of the Spirit. So the going of Jesus means the coming of the Spirit. And 10 days after he ascended, he pours out his Spirit. The day of Pentecost. Acts 2.33 says, Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. That's hard to imagine a church not spirit-led. It's hard to imagine our lives here at New Song Church without the work of the Holy Spirit. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost then means that today we have the Holy Spirit here. We have the continual presence, power, and authority of God in this room. And as special as it would have been to be with Jesus during those times, and it would have been, to be a disciple and see people healed, see people saved and raised from the dead, demon, demons casted out, stories that we read about and we say, man, I wish I could have been a part of that. The disciples had Jesus with them, but because he ascended, because he sent the Holy Spirit, we have more of Jesus than they ever had. They saw great things, but we see great things too. We read about miracles done in Jesus' time. But what if they were reading the miracles being done in your life? What about the miracles that are being done right here? How about the salvations we had last week in this room? Jesus is still working miracles. What about the baptisms? If you would hear the first service, the, the testimonies. We had five people baptized this morning. And the testimonies... Jesus is still performing miracles. 
What about even here at New Song? The history here is, you know, about six years ago, we had a lead pastor that passed away, died of a heart attack. Very strong, gifted leader. And we had people that loved us and cared for us, came to us and said, Taylor, Ty, you guys need to figure out what you're going to do next in your life. That this church will most likely close and people are going to leave. And everybody who shared that with us did leave. But where's where they got wrong? They believed that this church was personality dependent. We're Holy Spirit dependent. We're Holy Spirit dependent. If we were Holy Spirit, or if we were personality dependent, what you would get is Taylor. That's no good. <laughs> you know? You'd get me and Adele and Dana and, and, and Andrew. I mean, all these guys, people. And, and it's like without the Holy Spirit, it's all for nothing. There's no power. There's no, there's nothing. We have nothing to offer you. We can't do it. And we have a healthy fear of the Lord that, that, that we know, you know, Taylor and myself and, and everybody else on staff, we know God doesn't need us. We're thankful he's using us, but he doesn't need us because we're Holy Spirit dependent at this church. There's been healings at this church. There's been, there's been testimonies of marriages being restored and relationships being restored and physical healings. The, the, the point is, Jesus is still doing the miraculous right here, right now, today. And, though, and because that he sent the Spirit, we get to be with him constantly. That's why he can say, I'll never leave you as orphans. That's why he can say that, that he, I'll never leave you or forsake you because he won't, because if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's with you because he sent the helper. We're better off that he left earth. And lastly, number four, Jesus is preparing a place. Jesus has ascended into heaven and he has prepared a place for you. John 14 in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I would go prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. A truly human Jesus ascended into heaven where he's prepared a place for you, where we will be with him, which means we get to ascend as well. And the truth is that statement right there should take 100% of your fear of death away from you. We shouldn't have fear of death because of that promise right there. And if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, death isn't an issue anymore. Our eternal home is settled. It's a promise. And our Savior has prepared a place for you. And I was thinking and I was meditating on that. This week as I was preparing and, and, and I was thinking, you know, if we truly understood, if we truly spent time meditating and praying through and, and thinking about, if we truly understood what was waiting for us tomorrow, our today would have to look different. It would have to look different than, than what we're living for now, what we're valuing now, how we treat each other now. 
what we find as important now if we knew what awaits for us tomorrow. I have to believe the way, the way that we act would be different. Time on earth, so temporary compared to what eternity is coming. And if we thought about that and praise God for tomorrow, I think those things that, that we get upset about, those fears and anxiety and doubts and frustrations, when they turn to peace, when they turn to confidence, when they turn to joy, it's like a kid on Christmas Eve. Why is he so happy? Because he knows what tomorrow's coming. He knows tomorrow's coming. He knows what to expect tomorrow. He, he has full anticipation for what tomorrow brings. And we live like, like today is the only day that matters. Our, ex, our, our attitudes and our appreciation, our expectations, how we live today would have to change if we truly thought about what's coming tomorrow. 1 Corinthians 2.9, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. The best day of your life, it's nothing compared to what's coming. And even though it might be hard to imagine what awaits for us, there is some biblical truth that we do know. And maybe some of you are here today and, and you can look back at your week and say that you wept because of something heartbreaking this week. What awaits for you? No more tears. Maybe you've been here and, and you're in physical pain. Maybe you're here, you're going through an emotional pain right now. What awaits for you? All that's gone. Maybe you're here today and, and you're suffering because of a loss of someone in your life. Brandy and I went to a funeral this week of a family that we knew. We didn't know the man, but we knew the, some family members. And it was moving because you, you see all these people and, and how just wrecked they were, rightfully so. I mean, we're, we're Christians, we're not robots, we feel things. And just the pain and the suffering that, that they were enduring because of the loss of someone that they loved. And it's right to mourn that. It's biblical to mourn that. But you know what awaits for us tomorrow? We don't have to deal with that anymore. That's what's coming for us tomorrow. If you're hurting here today, celebrate and praise God for what's coming tomorrow. He's prepared a place for you. And if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I mean, we just went, this, this could be yours. This could be yours. You can have someone in authority over your life that loves you and cares for you, that died for you. You have someone that prays for you, someone that will give you the gift of Holy Spirit so you'll never be left alone. And you have a place in eternity because this is just a blimp. Prayer team, if you're here, why don't you start coming on up? In our staff meetings today, in our staff meetings every Wednesday, we end with action items. Basically, what is it that after the meeting, what is it that we have to do to make sure that what we spend our time in the meeting actually it matters now? So we have to go do something. In our men's group, we call it weekly challenge. Here's what I'd like for you to consider this week. 
especially if you find yourself as a person who is fearful a lot, has a lot of anxiety. Maybe you're, you feel like you could identify as someone who's, who's been depressed or down. You're just feeling down a lot. Maybe you're in pain. I want to give you this challenge. Even if you're here and you're in a good place, this could be for you as well. Here it is. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's take what we heard and actually do something with it. So there's a lot of ways you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But this is how we're going to do it this week. Let's get the Philippians 4 out. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. Think about those things. I think, church, a lot of us, we need to make an exchange. We need to change the amount of time that we focus on what's wrong with the world and what's wrong with our life and what may or may not happen in our life and change it to what is praiseworthy. What do you you think your week would look like if every time you had a negative thought, every time you thought you were gonna lash out with someone, any time that you thought that you were gonna be unkind with someone, any time that you're worried about what might happen tomorrow, you stop and you start thinking about what's praiseworthy. What happens if you start focusing on the truth instead of the lie? Because a lot of things that, that go on in here are just a bunch of lies. That's truth. This week, the last six days since last Saturday, tough. Don't have a reason. But it was miserable. Last Saturday, Brandy and I and Dylan, we went to a store in Burlington that we like. And I was looking at things that I like. Guns and ammo. And I was happy. And in a, like, like that, it's like I just had this overwhelming sense of sadness. No idea where it came from. No idea other than the enemy. And then that happened Saturday. Then I'm thinking Sunday, Sunday's Easter. I'm thinking I hope I don't feel that way Sunday. What happened? I was focusing on that more than that. And guess what happened? I felt like that on Sunday. And then it's Monday, and then it's Tuesday, and it's Wednesday. And, and I've hung out with a lot of you, and I had a small group with you guys, and I've been going out and doing things with you guys and, and, and try to externally feel a certain way. Internally, I'm just crushed, and I can't break it. Brandy can see it, but I can't break it, and I don't know why. And all of a sudden, it's midweek, and I'm thinking, what if Sunday comes and I feel this way? How am I going to do this? Because the truth is, what you focus on grows. Focus on that. So that's my challenge this week. Starting today, every time I start feeling down, every time I start feeling full of anxiety or fear or doubt, it's because we all have the tools in our toolbox. We know what to do. But sometimes the enemy hits so hard that that we don't even pick up anything. 
And we just let them pound and pound and pound. And as a Christian, we don't live that way. We focus on that. So this week, every time I'm going to make an exchange, and every time that, that I start feeling that way, I'm going to be intentional, and that's how you change your life. you got to be intentional about thinking and living out Scripture. What can you think about? What can you think about when, when, when you want to change that and you want to think about th- those praiseworthy things? This is what you think about. You're thinking about reading the news and you're thinking about all the chaos and the problems of this world. Jesus is enthroned. He's our King of kings. He's our Lord of lords. All this is nothing. Does anyone see you? Is anyone even thinking about you? Jesus is praying for you. He's your personal intercessor. He's at the right hand of the Father, and he's praying for you. You're feeling alone, like like nobody cares, or no one's around, or you're on an island, and nobody understands the frustrations and things that you're going through. Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit, which means that no matter where you are, You have the spirit of God in you. You will never be left alone. No hope for today. Jesus is preparing a place for you tomorrow. And our tomorrow is secure. And that gives us hope for today. So will you stand with me? So the question I have for you guys is who's with me? Raise your hand. If you are going to take this challenge seven days and let's see what this church looks like next Sunday. Let's see if we did for seven days, decided every time we have a thought that, that, the, that the enemy might try to give, we change that to something that's praiseworthy. Let's see if, if our temperature in our life changes this week. When we start saying, I'm gonna live out the word. I'm not just gonna hear it. Let's see what happens at this church, when we come excited, expectant, joyful, anticipated, you know, we, we are feeling these things because we're living out the word. We're not just hearing it. It's coming from our mind and it's going to our heart. And you come in here and you have that with you. You're carrying that with you. Holy Spirit is going to work in this place. And so keep each other accountable. If you're in a small group, keep each other accountable. I'm gonna do that. A lot of you have my info. You can contact me. Let's talk about how each other's doing. If you don't have it and you want it, well, come find me. I'll give it to you. Let's keep each other accountable. Let's not just say we're gonna do something and hope and then not do anything with it. We're gonna live intentionally by living out the word. We are going to think about praiseworthy things. And while I have you, I'm gonna give you a bonus. One more advantage of the ascension. It serves as his launching pad for his return. He's coming back and Taylor's gonna unpack that next week. But we can be encouraged today because what's going on in this world today isn't gonna last forever. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, but the truth is this, he's not gonna stay seated forever. One day he's gonna stand up. And when he does, the whole world's gonna know. When he does, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess, Jesus Christ is Lord. That church is praiseworthy. And that's what we're gonna think about. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. God, we are thankful for the ascension. Lord, we, we are thankful that, that, that you are our intercessor, that you are enthroned, God, that, that you are at the place of highest honor. 
Father, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, that, that we have the person of God living in us. And Father, thank you that you're preparing a place. So Lord, we, just, we are just saying in agreement as a church for the next seven days, help us live out scripture. Help us live out what we've been taught today, what we have been told today, what, we, what you have convicted all of us to feel, that, that we don't wanna just be hearers of the word, we wanna be doers of the word. We have so much to be praised for. You have so much to be praised for. We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much, we could go on and on and on and on about the goodness of God. Jesus, we are asking through the Holy Spirit, will you be our focus this week? God, let us focus on you. Let us think about good things. Let us think about praiseworthy things. And Father, will you help God protect every person here? And when the enemy tries to attack the mind and that's where he attacks, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit will just convict us to change our thinking, to be intentional about our living. And Lord, we will grab the tool out of the toolbox and, and, and do the thing that, that you have instructed us to do and be praising you through the whole thing. Father, you are so good. You are worthy of this. Thank you for the work that you're going to do in this church and in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. This heart.